The Bible says this. It says, now Moses was uh, shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And the Bible says he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Mount Sinai, okay, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. The Bible says that Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. And so Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Why is this bush not burnt up? And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Moses said, here I am. And then God said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And God also said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And the Bible says that Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. I've titled this lesson tonight, God's presence changes everything. God's presence changes everything everything all right that's what i want to title our lessons tonight god's presence changes everything how many know that when you can be wilding out and acting fool in your bedroom acting silly whatnot but the minute your mom or dad walks in that bedroom it changes everything boy you're like i wasn't doing that i wasn't doing this or whatever right Presence changes everything. When, mom, when there's an authoritative figure that walks into the room, changes everything. You could be wilding out with a substitute teacher at school, but the minute that principal walks in, oh, it changes the atmosphere quickly, doesn't it? Why? Because an authoritative presence changes everything. But tonight I want to talk to you all about how God's presence changes everything, okay? Everything in our lives. All right, and we're going to learn that from these six verses. So let's pray. We're going to show the video, and then we'll get into tonight's message. All right, Father, <coughs> thank you so much. Every time I watch that scene, like, no joke. Sometimes I'll just pull it up on YouTube, and I'll watch it, and it, like, has me in tears. But uh, that's because God's presence changes everything. You know, when I was 17 years old, I ran away from home. Did you know that? I was 17 years old when I ran away from home. Yeah, and just so in case, in case you want to know, it's not like I had bad parents. I actually had good parents, like... They signed me up for sports. They bought me the shoes that I wanted. They took me to everything. They did everything that I, that I had asked of them. I actually had good parents growing up. But at 17 years old, I thought I had life figured out. I thought I didn't need mom and dad no more. I thought I was good all on my own. So I kid you not, I packed a suitcase, hopped on a Greyhound bus at downtown Lubbock, hopped on a bus to Abilene, Texas, 17 years old. I was in... I was starting my senior year. It was September of my senior year of high school when this happened. And I was in Abilene for 10 weeks. And for 10 weeks, man, I was living in sin like crazy, drinking, partying. I had relatives there who were living that lifestyle, uncles who were drinkers, smokers, all that sort of stuff. And that's what I was doing for 10 weeks. I would go to school sometimes, but not really. And I was sleeping on different couches from different family members. I didn't have a bed. I was sleeping at this couch or that couch or this couch or whatever. 17 years old, this is how I was living. I had a great upbringing. I had good parents who loved me very, very much. But I just thought, man, I, 
I'll do this all on my own. I don't need mom and dad. I don't need structure. I got this whole thing called life figured out. And then one day, when I was sitting in the living room of one of the houses that I was staying at, I just had, just came to me. I need to go back home. I just got to go back home. I don't know. It's just like, like the light bulb clicks one day. What am I doing here? Like, I know better than this. I was raised better than this. I was raised in church basically my whole life. Why am I here? I know better than this. And so I bought a, I bought a bus ticket, packed up my bag, and I came back to Lubbock, Texas. And for about a month, I just kind of was like trying to figure out what was next because at the same time, like y'all know, I was a basketball player in high school. So I quit my senior year, and my whole life, my whole identity, everything that I thought I was, was gone. Like sports, athletics was gone. I was never going to play competitive sports again, right? And so I was like, what is it now? What am I supposed to do? So I was just trying to figure stuff out. I enrolled at Coronado High School because Coronado was the only school that I didn't know anybody, and I was trying to stay out of trouble. So I go to Coronado High School, literally know zero people. I'm sorry, I knew a few people. The only people who went to Coronado High School at that time were kids from the youth ministry at this church. Pastor's son was actually going to Coronado at the time. And so I was at Coronado for about a month. And then in November, I was watching a movie. You've heard me share this story. I was watching that movie Left Behind that we watched in October last year. And when I watched that movie, I just felt a strong conviction. I felt a strong disapproval of the life that I had been living in that moment. And so what I did was, I'll never forget, we were eating pizza. I went, I threw my, my trash away into the, into the trash can, and I went to the bathroom of my parents' house. We had two bathrooms, one in me and my brother's room, and one like in the hallway that everyone shared. And I went into that bathroom, and I sat down on the ground, and I was just crying my eyes out. I was a 17-year-old kid, bawling my eyes out, and I said a few words. I said, God, I've been wrong this whole time. Please forgive me. That's all I said. And I kid you not, in that moment, I felt something that I had never felt before. It felt, I felt a presence. Something was in that bathroom. As crazy as it sounds, there was a presence there, and all of a sudden I knew, like, a weight had been lifted off of my shoulders. I knew in that moment that everything that I had ever done up until that point, I had been forgiven of. I had been forgiven of every sin I had committed, every bad thought I ever had, everything I had ever done. I knew in that moment I was forgiven in that moment. And I'll never forget, I stood up, and I wash my face. From that moment on, my life has never been the same. You want to know why? Because God's presence changes everything. In that bathroom, the presence of God was there in that moment, and it changed my life drastically. I went from being selfish to caring. I went from being obsessed with myself to loving others and serving others. I went from being hateful to caring and compassionate towards my family. I went from, from being ashamed of being a Christian at school to now boldly preaching to my friends, family members, and even in the youth ministry. Why? Because 
Everything changes. God's presence changes everything, right? At 17 years old, not just a few months after that happened, Pastor Jesse asked me to preach on a Sunday morning in the English service. 17 years old, man. I was terrified. I was up all night the night before, nervous as can be, because I was like, I'm about to talk to, like, the church. Like, it's different when you talk to the teenagers and you're a teenager. I said, I had no Bible school. I'd never been to Bible college or nothing like that. But in God's presence, everything changed. God's presence changes everything, okay? God's presence changes everything. Here's the thing. It all started with one encounter with God in that bathroom. See, here's the thing. Those of you who were at Holy Ground Spring Retreat, if you remember Pastor Junior, he shared this quote from a guy by the name of David Wilkerson. If you don't know who David Wilkerson is, go on YouTube. There's a movie called The Cross and the Switchblade. Go watch it. You'll know who David Wilkerson is. Wilkerson is. You want to talk about a hero of faith? This dude is a hero of faith, okay? But I love what the quote that Pastor Junior shared. Now, I wrote it down here, and here's what it says. It says, God can't use a man until he gets him on holy ground. A holy God must have a holy man on holy ground, or woman, okay? With those ladies up in there. I'll read it one more time. God can't use a man or woman until he gets them on holy ground. A holy God must have a holy man, woman, on holy ground. So what is holy ground? And why is it even important to us? What is holy ground? Holy ground, in its simplest but most powerful, truthful point, is this. Anywhere the presence of God is, that's holy ground. Anywhere the presence of God is, that's holy ground. So here's the thing. Tonight... You may not realize this, but because there's two or more gathered together, the Bible says where two or more are gathered, his presence is there. So guess what? This isn't just a normal, everyday, youth, every week youth night. No, no, no. You may not realize this, but this right here where you are sitting, this is holy ground. And the presence of God is here whether you realize it or not. Okay? But this is holy ground right here right now okay this isn't just an ordinary gathering okay because remember God's presence changes everything okay in the Bible anytime Jesus showed up somewhere everything changed right so if you remember the story of the man with leprosy for years he had dealt with leprosy but the minute Jesus showed up on the scene right the man with leprosy had no more leprosy like leprosy was gone he was healed Okay, what about the man who was possessed by a legion of demons? But the minute Jesus stepped on the scene, the man was no longer possessed by a legion of demons. Lazarus had been dead for four days in a tomb. But the minute Jesus stepped on the scene, right, everything changes. Jesus called Lazarus out. Lazarus came walking out of the tomb and was alive. He was resurrected from the dead. Why? Because when the presence of God is there, everything changes. God's presence changes everything, y'all. God's presence changes everything. And tonight, you may not realize this, but every single time we meet together, this is holy ground, okay? This is holy ground. 
And the reason why it's holy ground, because God's presence is here. Holy ground is anywhere the presence of God is, okay? And just remember that God's presence changes everything, all right? Now listen, we read Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 and 6, okay? And that's exactly what happens with Moses, okay? Moses encounters the presence of God on holy ground, as we saw in the video, as we read in these six verses, okay? Now here's the thing. It's a normal day for Mo. I'm going to call him Mo, you know, keep it street. It's a normal day for Mo. Mo is a shepherd. He takes care of his father-in-law's sheep, and he looks after him. okay? Mo at this time is close to 80 years old. He's an old dude, okay? For the first 40 years, he's in Egypt. The second set of 40 years, he exiles himself in Midian because he killed an Egyptian in Egypt. So he runs off and, and exiles himself in Midian where he meets his wife, and he gets married. And now he is a shepherd of his father-in-law's sheep. Looking out for him, okay? It's a normal, everyday thing for him, okay? Normal, everyday. He's just looking after his sheep, wasn't expecting anything, okay? Now, all of a sudden, the Bible says this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 2. The Bible says that, tells us that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush, okay? From the middle of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, Yet the bush was not being consumed, okay? I'm going to read that again because that's a trip. It says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. It says, And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not being consumed. That's y'all a question. Y'all ever encountered an unexpected appearance that changed your life? Y'all ever encountered an unexpected appearance like you weren't expecting somebody to show up and it changed your life forever. So, chat game, when I was 13 years old, I thought I was like God's gift to women, right? I thought like, I thought I was like the man, like all the girls wanted me, okay? I thought I was God's gift to women, seriously, 13 years old. And I was dating this one girl, okay? And my mom knew who she was, wasn't a fan of her, but I dated her anyway, because you know, no one tells Carrie what to do, right? especially at 13 years old. And uh, I thought my parents, had, my parents had left to go run errands. Now, this was before cell phones, okay? Back in the day, we had one house phone, and we all had to share it, all right? And I had, a, I had one of the house phones in my bedroom. And I got on the phone, and I called this girl, right? And we were talking on the phone. And we were talking about stuff that was extremely inappropriate for a 13-year-old to be talking about on this phone call. And it was getting pretty bad on this cell phone, on this telephone call. And I was laying on my bed, and I was doing, like, like I was sweet-talking her and everything like that. And I was rolled over on the bed laying down, just like, you know, what you going to wear next time I see you, this, that, whatever, all that kind of stuff, right? And I was like, you know you miss me. I bet you can't wait to hold my hand and kiss me. I, I was talking stupid, right? Stuff, like, it was just dumb, right? I was talking like I knew everything, right? And here I am on the phone talking, right, laying the Mac down, okay, spitting my game hard, all right, got this young lady eating out of the palm of my hand, right, and as I'm talking, all of a sudden, I felt like a hammer hit me on the back of my head, just, bah, and I turned around, 
my mom was in the room. And I was just like, I got to call you back. <laughs> I hung up the phone so fast. And she was just going to, t just putting them hands on me all of a sudden, right? What in the world are you talking about? Who are you talking about? Da, 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 da. Right? Y'all ever had an unexpected appearance that changed your life forever? Needless to say, that unexpected experience changed my life forever. I was way more cautious when I was on the phone after that, best belief. But y'all ever had an unexpected experience, maybe not that extreme, that changed your life forever? That's Moses right now. Moses has had an unexpected appearance that literally is about to change the course of his life forever. He's just taking care of his dad-in-law's sheep, his father-in-law's sheep. And then all of a sudden, the Bible says that he's on Mount Sinai, a place where he's been numerous times, by the way. He's been up here numerous times. And all of a sudden, he looks over, and there's a bush. And it's like a thorny bush. It's not like a bush with, like, leaves and stuff on it. But he looks at the bush, and he realizes there's a fire in the middle of the bush. Now, that kind of catches Moses off guard because he's like, that's not possible because on top of that, the Bible says that the bush is not consumed with fire. Okay? In other words, the fire is just like chilling in the middle of the bush. Not like in the video you saw where it just went like, right? Okay? But it's like chilling in the middle of the bush. And, and, and it wasn't consumed. Now, here's the thing. In its natural environment, that bush should have consumed quickly. But it didn't. And so Moses kind of puts two and two together. This is nothing normal. Somebody has just shown up unexpectedly right now. Okay? Unexpectedly right now. And Moses' life is about to change drastically. Okay? And here's the thing. Only one person was powerful enough to set that bush on fire without consuming it. That person is God. Okay? Now, here's the thing. Moses sees this supernatural event, and Moses has a choice, right? He sees it. He notices the thorny bush that's on fire on the middle. It hasn't consumed. And Moses has two choices here. One, he can continue working with the sheep and following the sheep and doing what he had started to do, right? Because that's, that's what he was doing to begin with. Or, or he can turn and see what the heck is going on here, okay? Here's what the Bible says happens. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, it says, so Moses said, I must turn aside and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burning up. I must turn aside. So what did Moses do? Moses went from looking after his father-in-law's sheep, and the Bible says what it means to turn aside. He was going this way, and when he saw what he saw, he literally turned aside to see what was going on with this bush that had a flame on the inside, okay? And here's the thing. The Bible says this. It says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Now, here's something so powerful that I need y'all to catch. God hasn't said one word to Moses yet. He's gotten his attention with the fire in the middle of the thorny bush. Hasn't consumed. He's got his attention. But up until this point, 
God hasn't said one word to Moses. You want to know when God finally spoke to Moses? When Moses made the decision to turn aside and go towards it. That's when God said, okay, I, that's when God said, okay, I know he's coming. He's coming in faith to me. Moses, Moses, stop. He calls Moses by name. I love that. Because here's the thing. Moses had never had a conversation with God before. And yet, here in this moment, God calls Moses by name. That's so cool, man. That's so seeking cool. Now, here's the thing. Y'all ever had someone make you turn aside? Y'all ever had someone make you turn aside? In other words, have you ever had someone make you, like you was going this way and then turn this way? Every single dude should be like, yup, I have. Ladies, don't be trying to front now. Don't be trying to front. I'm pretty sure at some point some young man has made you turn aside. Bro, when I tell you the first time I laid eyes on my wife, bro, I was singing in my head. I was singing my girl in my head. I was like, like the song Careless Whisper. Like it was going on in my mind the minute I saw her. I was here at the church too, dang it. And I was on a mission doing what I was supposed to be doing. And then it just caught me off guard. I seen her to the right and I was like, hold up. And I turned aside to what I was doing, right? And that's what happened with Moses. Moses was doing what he was supposed to be doing. And then all of a sudden, God gets his attention. And the Bible says that Moses turned aside to see what was going on, okay? And when God saw that Moses turned aside is when he calls out to Moses, Moses. And I love what Moses said. Moses responds with, here I am. Here I am. Now, here's the thing. We go on to Exodus chapter 3, verse 5. It says, then God said, do not come near here, but remove your sandals from your feet. Now, here's the thing. Moses wants to come near what he has just seen, obviously. I think all of us would want to just like rush up there so fast to see what's going on. But God is like, look, stop. Moses, stop. Don't come any closer, okay? Don't come in. Before you can, God says, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet. Now, here's the question. Why? I mean, why does Moses have to remove his dang sandals? All right? If Moses was in this era, God would have been like, remove your Crocs from your feet. <laughs> remove your flip-flops from your, you know, whatever, right? But God says, remove your sandals from your feet. But why? Why does Moses have to remove the sandals from his feet? James chapter 4 verse 10 says this. It says, humble yourself in the presence of the Lord. Whoo, listen. Humble yourself in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. He will lift you up. See, here's the thing, young people. Moses had to humble himself before God. And by removing his sandals, it was symbolic of him humbling himself before God. By him taking off his sandals and throwing them to the side, it was him saying, you are greater than I am. I am humbling myself before you right now, God. And that's why God was saying, remove your sandals from your feet right now, Moses. Because the place you're standing is holy ground. The place you're standing is holy ground. 
So God asked Moses to remove the sandals from his feet because Moses had to humble himself. Moses had to come to a point where Moses was acknowledging that God is greater than he is and he was willing to listen to whatever God had to say. But before he could do that, he had to remove the sandals from his feet because now God has his full divided attention. What was Moses doing before that? He was looking after the sheep. He ain't going to look for sheep with no sandals on. So he knows he's got Moses' full undivided attention. Hey, let me ask you something. What is something that God has asked you to remove from your life? Huh? What is something that God has asked you to remove from your life so you can humble yourself before him so he can get your attention and speak to you? A person. Right? What, what is something that God, I'm not, you don't have to answer out loud, thank you, by the way. But in your mind, think about it. What is something that God has asked you to remove? What is something that God has said, hey, humble yourself before my presence right now so that I can speak to you, so that I can get to you, to speak to you what it is that I have for you. That's where Moses is at right now. You know, when I became a believer, there was lots of things I had to remove from my life. People. I had to remove some people. I had to remove some CDs that at the time weren't very good for me because I was really wanting to go all in with Jesus. So I had to remove some music from my, from my back in the day we had CDs. I don't know if y'all know what CDs are. But um, I, had to, I had to get rid of some CDs. So I broke them in half because I didn't want to listen to certain things that didn't glorify God at the time. I had to get rid of some, some uh, videos that had sex scenes in them. Because I was struggling with sexual images in my head and trying to remain pure. I had to remove these things from my life. There were so many things that me personally, I was like, look, I'm, I'm going to remove this. I'm going to remove that. I'm going to remove this. I'm going to remove that. And in the process of doing that, I was humbling myself before God. I said, God, I want everything you have for me. It's all removed. I'm listening, Lord. I'm listening now. I'm listening. That's where Moses is at. And here's the thing. God wants to speak with each and every one of you on holy ground the exact same way that he is speaking with Moses right now, okay? And here's the thing. If you really want to hear and tune into the voice of God, let's learn from Moses and remove stuff that ain't supposed to be there, that can keep us from humbling ourselves before God, okay? Now, Exodus 3, 5, God goes on to tell him why he needs to remove everything because the place you are standing is holy ground. Now, what is holy ground again? Anywhere the presence of God is, okay? That's holy ground. And just like we said in the beginning, God's presence changes everything. Moses' life right now is really changing drastically, okay? Now, here's the thing. Moses has removed his sandals. He's come to the bush that has a fire in the middle of it that's not consumed. He's humbled himself before God, and now he's listening, okay? You got to remember, Moses is 80 years old around this time right now. And there's one thing that Moses has also always struggled with that I've seen teenagers struggle with too. For 80 years, Moses has asked this one question over and over and over again. Three words. Moses has asked, who am I? Who am I? You know what the most Google searched question is? Who am I? 
people wrestle with who they are, their identity, right? Who am I? Here's the thing. Moses asked himself, am I a Hebrew? Because he was born a Hebrew. But if so, why do the people hate me? Why do the people despise me? Why do my own people despise me? Because at the time they did. Am I an Egyptian? Because he was raised in Egypt. If so, then why did I kill a fellow Egyptian? Am I a shepherd? If so, how come I don't have my own sheep to take care of? I'm taking care of my father-in-law's sheep. Who am I? For 80 years, he's asked this question. Who am I? Who am I? And in one encounter with God on holy ground, God answers the question that Moses has sought for 80 years. He says this. He says in Exodus 3.6, he says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. It says that Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. In a matter of seconds, Moses learned something much greater than who he is. He learned whose he, is, whose he was. See, here's the thing. He learned who he really belonged to in that moment. See, I think, I truly believe that the devil would love to get you chasing this idea, who am I? If there's one thing the devil wants to do is to, tr is to get you all twisted up on your identity. Who am I? Who am I? Am I this? Am I that? Do I like girls? Do I like men? Am I straight? Am I homosexual? Am I a man or a woman is the biggest thing we're facing in our world right now. And the enemy would love to get up into our teenagers, into your lives, and twist up and get you thinking about your identity and something completely different. But here's the thing that I want you all to understand, young people. Your identity isn't about who you are, but it's whose you are who you belong to. And I want you to know something. When you realize who you belong to, it changes the game completely. It changes the game completely. And Moses has learned and he has sought and he has found comfort in the words of God because for so many years he has wanted to know who he is. And God was saying, it's not about that. It's about whose you are and you're mine. You've always been mine. I'm the God of your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You've always belonged to me. And I'm telling you right now, when you find out whose you are, it changes everything. It changes everything. When you realize that you are a royal priesthood, and it changes your life. When you realize that you are a chosen generation, it changes your life. When you realize that you are part of a family who has had heroes of faith come before you, and impact the world you live in, when you realize you're part of something so much bigger and greater, most importantly, when you realize, when you realize that you are a child of God, and that's who you belong to, it changes everything. It changes how you live. It changes how you walk with God every day. It changes how you make decisions every day. It changes everything. But here's the thing, you'll never know whose you are if you've never been in the presence of God. Moses would never know this if he had never what? Turned aside, right? Moses never turns aside. He never gets that answered. He will continue to look after sheep his whole life. But because he made the choice to turn aside and remove the sandals from his feet, he has had a question answered that he has searched for for 80 years. 80 years he finds out who's 
he is, who he truly belongs to. You know, I shared a quote in the beginning by a guy by the name of David Wilkerson. God can't use a man or a woman until he gets them on holy ground. A holy God must have a holy man or woman on holy ground. What is holy ground? Anywhere the presence of God is, that's holy ground. So guess what? You could be at Starbucks, that's holy ground. You could be hanging out at home with your friends. The Bible says with two more gathered, he is there. That's holy ground. When we were in the pandemic and we were doing the Zoom thing, that was holy ground. may have been crazy, but yeah, that was holy ground we were on. Holy ground is anywhere the presence of God is. And remember something, teenagers. God's presence, it changes everything, everything. It changes everything. On holy ground, Moses was also being set apart by God. And I've shared this before. Why work so hard trying to fit in when you were called to be set apart? God has not called us to conform, but God has called us to transform in our everyday lives. God has set us apart for something much bigger. We are set apart from the world to make a change in this world. Amen. In Moses' life, on that scene that we saw, Moses encounters the presence of God. And Moses' life is forever changed. Why? Because the presence of God changes everything. Okay? Changes everything. And it was when Moses turned aside and humbled himself before God by removing the sandals from his feet that God tells him what he's been wanting to hear his whole life, honestly, who he belonged to. Now, here's the thing. We only got into six verses of this tonight, but if you go on reading, there was a reason why this had to happen. God had a purpose and a mission for Moses to go back to Egypt and deliver his people from Egypt who were caught up in slavery, okay? Listen, it's important for you to get to holy ground and, and not treat this every Wednesday or Sunday at church like it's an everyday Monday thing. This is a place where the presence of God is, and it has the power to change your life forever, okay? But not just your life, the lives of other people as well, okay? The lives of other people as well, okay? So... If there's anything I want you to take away from tonight is this. God's presence changes everything. God's, changes, God's presence changes everything. And God is always looking to get our attention in some type of way, in an unexpected experience. Will you turn aside and humble yourself before him and hear his voice or not? Ask the question, okay? I pray we turn aside humble ourselves before the Lord and say, God, whatever it is you have for me, I'm listening now. I'm, I'm here to listen. What do you want from me? Amen.